Welcome to the In the Soil podcast. For this episode, we're going to be featuring female-fronted band leaders playing at the festival. And right now, we've got an exceptionally prolific songwriter with us. Without further ado, Laurel Menez. Thanks so much for sitting with me today, Laurel. Pleasure. For those who, who may not have heard Minuscule yet, can you tell us what Minuscule is all about? It was um, after... Um, my other project, Majora, started to kind of implode on itself from, uh, you know, people moving away and lives changing and whatever. And, uh, and I needed, I still needed an outlet and I realized that I had to make it myself. I had to completely from the ground up create it myself. And that was both extremely daunting, but also liberating, um, that I could finally be completely in charge of the message. I didn't have to say like, hey guys, are you okay with like a little bit of a feminist rant in this tune? Or, oh, can we have a song about cats? Like, I don't fucking care. It's, it's whatever <laughs> I want it to be about. And and I'm thankful that all the girls are really down with the message of all of the tunes too. And it resonates with them. And it's allowed me to explore a lot of feminine charged topics that way because the women who sing, we range from, you know, any given day from 12 to, to 20 potentials of who can be in this choir. And, you know, we've, we've got people who have, have been in, in the scene for a while. Uh, Wit, you know, was a part of it for a while, Whitney P. Um, but then we've got a lot of novices and a lot of people who have never set foot on a stage before in their lives, but have just gained the courage enough to say, well, I, I think I I, I could try. Sure. I could try. And they've tried and they've succeeded and they've done an amazing job. And so the, the range of, um, uh, skill set that we have amongst all of the women involved is so inspiring to me. And so every song is very different, uh, not on purpose. It's just a base of, I used to be in a folk band with Wit. I used to be in an alt rock band with Majora. Like I just, I have all of this within me and I don't feel the need to say, well, that's not a minuscule song or that's not a minuscule song. Everything is a minuscule song because everyone is minuscule, but no one is. That's kind of the purpose Mm -hmm. is that it is such a huge band. There's 20 of us in it (laughs) and the name of it is minuscule, you know? (laughs) So it's the idea of it is that I mean, I've, I've gained members by playing shows and then someone like Sarah um, comes up to me after and says, I want to be in this band. I'm like, you've seen what we do. Do you think you're capable? Yes. Okay, you're in. I have a girl who just, just turned 13. She's in the band because her mom interviewed me for the paper and said, my daughter is in love with your music. And I said, do you mind if she swears a little bit? (laughs) And can she learn by ear? Yes, she can. She sings all the time. Then I will send her the tracks. Anybody can be in this band if you are dedicated and you are, um, are you, you're able. Um, Just before we sign off here, just wondering if you have uh, an album in the works or any recordings coming up. Yeah, so we we do, and I'm doing it all myself. And I shouldn't say myself. I've had a lot of, of um, mentoring and tutelage. I have brought every single one of the girls in and recorded them individually. And it's taken a long time. We're nearing the end. I don't think it will be quite ready for In the Soil. But, um, but yeah, 
it's it's almost there and it's the most daunting and challenging thing I've really ever done but again I I think I owe it to them they've spent all the time learning the tunes we should document it it's a stamp of this is what we are right now awesome that's so exciting uh you're a pillar of the community your voice and it's inspiring and uh yeah thank you for being here this is laurel menace from minuscule and she's going to be at the festival hub stage friday june 7th at 7 30 so don't miss it thank you laurel thank you Jack. A little bit longer, baby Every day I go A little bit harder without Every day I go A little bit longer without crying
here, everything's so clear I'm amazed at the pace that you can run And get you done when you don't run with fear Thought my internal compass was dyspraxic Turns out the volume of my conscience was turned See, my life was just a cauldron of worry Never gave myself an unbiased jury Now I'm my own best friend Never hating on myself again, no Be specific, you mean what's his face? I hope he's rocking with his cock out in a better place I can't blame him for vacating when I was always wary Trying to convince me his love was more than temporary Understandably, that's some heavy shit to navigate Teaching me to love myself, man, how the fuck you supposed to date? Well, it can, but it ain't that fun Like trying to sing your sappy love song while you're choking on a loaded gun Meaning it sucks, but I wish him luck Cause now I'm dancing in pajamas with my cats like I don't give a fuck Hey, I do, but not about the things that make me blue You gotta manifest the life you want to come to you Hey, why fight? Maybe the hippies got it right Or would you rather lay in shackles of your own design Awake at night preparing for the worst Hey, death ain't funny, honey But I get your just no sense in pissing time away Gotta seize each day and give ourselves some credit Cause we are all Our next guest on the podcast is a local singer-songwriter who's been a big part of the Mate Cafe open mic scene. She's performed all over the region, both solo and with her band, and has some power vocals and stories to tell. I welcome Lux from Lux in the Curio Cabinet. Thanks for being here. Hello, thanks for having me. So to start off, can you tell the folks who might not know, what is a Curio Cabinet? A curio cabinet is something that was uh, very popular in the 1800s, and they would be cabinets, as you would expect, filled with oddities and, you know, like little skulls and maybe preserved specimens and other curious items. Ooh, preserved specimens. Yeah. Like fermented fingers. Yeah, like a, <laughs> you know, a toe, a fetus, who knows? <laughs> what, what weapon would you keep in your curio cabinet for the apocalypse? For the apocalypse, um... A machete, because, you know, you don't have to reload them. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! Mine that I was thinking before was, like, throwing knives, but then you got to get it back. Yeah, and if they're, like, zombies or something, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's also kind of satisfying pulling a throwing knife out of a zombie. That's true. You, you might it. get sprayed, though. <laughs> true. <laughs> they're sharp and to the point. Yeah, so this, this episode features female-fronted bands that are performing it in the soil. Uh, some of the bands are local, and some have experience touring all over North America. Would you be willing to share what your experience has been like navigating the music scene as a woman? It is, uh, I mean, being a woman in general, you're kind of used to, like, you know, experiencing a gender disparity, but 
it was very apparent when I got into music how different it was because it's still very much a male-dominated uh, field. And uh, it's honestly very frustrating because people don't take you seriously. And, uh, you know, I've been at many gigs where I'll be like, hey, and they're like, oh, is your boyfriend in the band? Are you here to, you know? <laughs> and, or, like, they just are like, oh, okay, I'm going to go talk to the real musicians now. And, and it's uh, it's really disheartening, but I found a lot of uh, solace in, in, like, connecting with other strong female powers in the music scene yeah it's a challenge it's an ongoing challenge but I think as a female musician you learn to get a thick skin kind of soon does that um disparity in the scene and in the in the industry affect your your writing at all um I feel like it's maybe inspired some music that I have not like completed but yeah definitely um it's (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if, if something like that happens, I, I will become filled with rage and then have some kind of outlet. Uh, um, but it's really gratifying personally to like have someone give me sass at a show before I start playing. And then I play and they're like, oh, my God. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Bow down. <laughs> you make that, that stern eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, good luck following that, sir. <laughs> Oh, that makes me seem like so much more like self-involved than I actually am. Because I'm my own worst critic. But I mean, like you know, it's good. It feels good to drop the mic. <laughs> Dropping that mic in the soil. Hopefully, you don't have to. Yeah, I know. I think it'll be a very chill kind of vibe. <laughs> me too. That was Lux from Lux in the Curio Cabinet. Um, they'll be performing on Sunday, June 9th at 1 p.m. on the second stage. Make sure to be there, or else, or else <laughs> thanks Lux oh, thanks. we're going to keep the roll ballin' and flow with the goin' our final guest on our female fronted bands episode has huge accolades and is ripping it up in Canada I'm thrilled to welcome Lido Pimienta to the In the Soil podcast welcome Lido hi how are you doing really well so excited to see you perform at the festival and, and to begin I was hoping you could tell us a bit of your story and how you began to follow a path of music and art curation. So it all began when I was a little girl in Colombia. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, art has always been a part of my life. My dad was um, a huge music fan, and I grew up in a city called Barranquilla, which is in the north coast. Of Colombia, and uh, one of the the things that characterize and still happens a lot in the cities, we get a lot of blackouts. So we lived in this um, very close knit community in our apartment building. Like all homes were always open, you know, for everybody. And our our apartment was always filled with kids. So and my dad, because he loved music so much, he would have me and my sister listen to his record collection and, like, learn ABBA songs and, like, Paloma San Basilio, which is this, like, uh, Spanish pop diva. So whenever we'd had a blackout, he would have us perform. So, you know, I was, like, you know, four or five, you know. I I was exposed to all kinds of music, and and I was performing since I was, you know, 11. Well, I I really like hearing uh, your story about about growing up and having those blackouts and and having lots of kids uh, in your place and getting to perform because 
I feel like when we're kids, we have this beautiful sense of wonder and sense of uh, curiosity and originality. And I feel like that sense of wonder transcends into your, your, your music and into your videos. And I, I wanted to talk about one of your videos in particular that I really like. And so help me with this pronunciation because I want to make sure I get it right. It's for your, vid- uh, your song, La Capacidad. Yep, La Capacidad. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really interesting how you have that section of dialogue in the middle where, where you're telling your friends a story about a man that you've broken up with who won't leave you alone afterwards. Can you tell us why you included a dialogue like that in the video? Well, the old, everything in the story is true. Um, I think that dialogue between women is very important. So I wanted to share that moment that happens in all gatherings where women are taking part of where we're just like, yeah, this horrific thing happened to me. Oh, me too. Oh, when that happened to me. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday, you know. It also is a little glimpse of my show because I do tell the story uh, live, you know. It's like it's the preamble to when I perform the song because also I I sing in in Spanish. And uh, when I'm in North America, uh, not everyone is going to understand what I'm saying. So I like to contextualize. Um, I don't translate my music, but I do like to set the mood. And, uh, and that, and that's why I did it. And I think it's very effective. And and I really like that it has marked this moment of my life. And I have just switched the story, you know, because it could have ended up very tragically, you know, the most tragic way in the most tragic way that would have been me actually being back with this guy, you know, probably having like 20 of his kids and like just like living in his in his kingdom and not being able to do my own thing, you know. So so, you know, it's just like a big fuck you to that guy and, and men like him. So so. So, yeah, I am very proud of, of the effect that La Capacidad has and continues to have. Have, uh, have. have any women messaged you personally, like, talking about that, that dialogue in that section and, and relating to it? Every day. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's so amazing. Storytelling is amazing. That is so, like, you're connecting with all these people, and it's it's such an important issue to talk about. And... Yeah, when I saw that, I was just like, this is this is a true storyteller. And I, I really love that video. It's amazing. Can you tell us a bit about your experience as a, a Colombian-Canadian woman navigating the Canadian music scene? It's, it's hard. It's hard to be anybody in the world. And when you have anything else about you that it makes that makes you stand out whether it's a good or a bad thing standing out makes people nervous so that's what that's that's what that's like is how do you navigate a world where you're making people nervous by existing that's it well thank you for standing out and and being a visionary for people across north america and we're really excited to have you at in the soil This is Lido Pimienta. She'll be headlining in the soil on Saturday, June 8th at 9.30 p.m. on the Festival Hub stage. I know I'm going to be there, so you best be there, too. Thank you so much for being with us here today on the In the Soil podcast, Lido. Okay, bye-bye.